What is going on, everybody? This month, the Grunge Bible Podcast is celebrating its first birthday. We began this podcast in March of 2021, and here we are a full year later. It has been 52 weeks, 52 episodes, and Chris and I are honestly super excited and very proud of ourselves, and we have a lot um, of exciting things coming up, and we have a really special giveaway to coincide with our first birthday. Absolutely. So this podcast, as you well know, would not be possible without the support of our supporters over there on Patreon. So to thank them, we have decided to partner up with photographer Chris Cafaro, and he is supplying some some great goodies for the patrons that uh, they're going to be eligible to win to commemorate this first birthday. And the way we're going to do it, we're going to keep it really simple. If you are an active member of the Patreon at any of the three levels that we have, two, five, or ten dollars, you are entered in to win one of three prizes. The two dollar tier, if you're if you're a two dollar member, you are eligible to win a thirteen by nineteen artist's print that Chris Cafaro took of Chris Cornell. If you are a member of the five dollar tier, you're eligible to win a thirteen by nineteen print that Chris Cafaro took of Pearl Jam. And for the $10 tier for the top level, if you are active on that level, you are automatically entered to win a 17 by 22 artist's print of Nirvana, as well as a free item of choosing from the Grunge Bible store. So basically the entire month of March, we're gonna have hopefully a ton of people sign up. And then at the end, come April 1st, we're gonna choose one from each tier and that's it. And we're gonna give away some awesome gifts and we're super excited about it. It's that simple, guys. Uh, you guys are the reason that we're here. And if you're interested, get that Patreon subscription in by March 31st. We'll be picking the winners the following day. And if you want to get in and then delete it right away, that's fine with us. Go ahead. If you, <laughs> go ahead. But you got to get in there. ticket. Time's running out. Yep. You get in there for one and there's a good shot of winning because right now, I mean, we have, I think, 35 total members across three tiers. So the odds are pretty good. Get yourself, get your name in there. And who knows, you could have a great piece of art hanging on your wall. Thanks, as always, for your support. And we look forward to another full year of podcasting. Ethan, are you ready for it? <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm super excited. Next year, it's going to be even bigger and better giveaway. But for now, let's just focus on one episode at a time, one giveaway at a time. Let's roll it, people. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Welcome to another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast, episode 51. My name is Ethan Shalloway, and I'm sitting here looking across at my good friend, Chris Salona, the two parts that make up Grunge Bible. Uh, Chris, you got a retro jersey on today, is that right? What is that? I do, yeah. This is, um, this is really, really old. So um, back in, I think, the 80s, my, uh, my father used to own a sporting goods store, and this was one that was left over, so this thing's this thing is much older than I am. So I needed to needed to spice it, it up for the yeah. It's a Patriots jersey oh, from Patriots back Patriots? in the back yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. Um, so so got one of those on. Had to, had to spice it up. Uh, you know, keep up keep up appearances for the uh, for the uh, the visual yeah. viewers. Well, that's all that's those viewers on YouTube. Redundant. Man. Yeah, exactly. We're raking them in. So how are you today, Ethan? I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, Great. It is another Monday. We're recording on a Monday. Monday, March 7th. March 7th. And this episode yet yeah, comes out at the end of the week. And 
I'm doing good. I have some leftover Mardi Gras beads I'm wearing. Absolutely. Uh, for, for my time, I went up. To, I went to St. Louis. Actually, apparently they have the second biggest Mardi Gras in the country. Behind, I would not have expected um, that. Yeah, New Orleans and but Mobile is. I mean, that's, I think it started in Mobile. Um, okay. But I don't know. So I'm still still rocking that. Um, but yeah, today's a good day. I, I got some work in. I actually got a practice in already. And then actually later tonight, I'm going. I'm going to head out to uh, the local. The venue that we go to a lot, and I'm seeing a show. Hopefully, it's supposed Sydney to rain. Sydney Sprague is playing. Huh? Yes, yes, our good friend. I actually saw her. Um, she opened up for the Front Bottoms in September, and uh, we've fallen along. She has an awesome album and just really awesome music. And I hope to I hope the hope the rain holds off and we can go have a great show. She's opening for Dashboard and uh, Jimmy Eat World, but honestly, Chris, I might not even stay. I'm just going no, for man, her. It's all about <laughs> yes. Sydney, 100%. I mean, I mean, Jimmy Eat World is, you know, I mean, you know, play the middle. I, I, can't, I don't know if I can, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I can last. <laughs> you know how long they're going to wait? They're going to they're gonna deny you the hose water until uh, <laughs> till it's too late. That I mean, it all depends whether they just get out and dispense with it early or yeah. make you wait. <clears throat> There's no way that they, op- maybe they will open with that. Sometimes yeah, fans do, do that. Yeah. yeah. Do you, um, do you have any opinion on dashboard confession? Um, I, it's 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 a blind spot for me, so I can't say whether yeah. I like it or dislike it. I, I just don't know much about it, uh, much about that band. So uh, maybe maybe I'll check it out. If uh, well, I don't know if you, if you stay, <laughs> if you have good reviews, I'll, I'll check it out. I, I, yeah. I got time. We all we all have time. So I'm pretty excited. It's definitely a jam packed uh, Monday, but I'm glad that yeah. we can uh, do this. We can get together. This is always always needed. You know, always fun. It's yeah. been a little bit since we recorded as well. It has been. It's been, I think it's been about a week and a half, uh, feels since, like forever since we recorded. It, it really has. And, and I think, uh, uh, speaking for myself, although I think you feel similarly, we are both beginning to break out of our, uh, winter malaise. The gears are starting to turn. We're becoming busier. Um, your mm. competition schedule is starting. Um, I was on the road last weekend. I'm coming down to Birmingham this week. Uh, we're going to oh, get yeah. together. That's going to be great. Um, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina this past week. And uh, previous to that, as I, I mentioned, I just need to give an update for the individuals that might be interested. Uh, I had two concerts scheduled last week. Yes, uh, I wanted Thursday to bring this Friday, up. I was supposed to see Lucy Dacus Thursday, last Thursday, and I was supposed to see John Mayer on Friday. Both of them were canceled because of the uh, the COVID. Um, so that happened. So I am 0 for 2. So fingers crossed that you can get your <laughs> ass to a show tonight. Because if not, we can't go 0 for 3. We can't, we can't strike out. So you got to at least get a foul tip in there or something. Shit, um, I can't believe they had two back to back. I know it was rough, but it worked out with uh, having to get to the airport early on Saturday. I wasn't wasn't hurting too much, but, right? Uh, it's you don't show lose rolls them. On. Yeah, yeah, they're so, rescheduled. I mean, they're all rescheduled right? So I think May will be a busy month for me. I think they're both eyeing sometime during the month of May, which uh, is not far off now. <laughs> it really, really isn't. It's closer than it's ever been, and yeah. now it's even closer. I'm pretty. Um, I'm pretty pumped about that. So we have a really awesome episode. Um, coming up, we actually have an anniversary, an album anniversary that we're going to be talking about and digging into. But before we do, we'd like to thank our Patreon sponsors because, you know, they make this possible. You guys, you guys that chose to support us with a either $2 shitty cup of coffee, $5, $10, whatever it may be, or if you're just listening, but those page, those people are part of the Patreon. Um, you know, you guys make this thing run, you make this train go and, and we're very thankful for you. And I mean, it's, support you know i mean we got we got we got people that we know their names you know what i mean we've got a a bedrock of support and the nice thing about this is uh this is the first week 
um, I'm able to say uh, somebody whose name about I'm about to say or somebody who's listening that decides to join will win that Kirk Co- that Nirvana print and then the uh, item from the Grunge Bible store, yeah. as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode in the lead in. So uh, whether you're at the two dollar, five dollar, ten dollar level, uh, if you're on the roster, there's a really good chance you'll win. I mean, that's that's a pretty good high yield lottery ticket. We like those odds. Um, but as always, we would like to thank our top level uh, for making all of this possible. We are 51 canonical weeks into the Grunge Bible podcast and wouldn't be possible without these people. So we would like to thank Kara Kay, the Blue Owl, Jade Mercado, Victor Schaefer, Release, Doug Endy, Wayne Staley, Rachel Corning, Millie, Alexis Shannon, Fuck Soup, What the Fuck's Up, Denny's, Jamie Lynn, our number one fan from Australia, Kayla Jean, Marianne, Millie, Sonny Mashburn, Sue, Shannon Gorgon, and Lauren Irene. Wow. <clears throat> that's so is that 20? Is it like is that 20 in the top level? I'm bad not, at math. It's, not, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's between have, seven and twenty-five. Yeah, I think we have we have thirty-seven total. So I think we're at hour probably maybe even it's, it's crazy. We're, we're rolling. It's so it's, so, to, so to all of you out there, uh no matter what level you're contributing in, uh, we would certainly like to thank you and anyone who's out there listening. Um if you want in on the uh the one year anniversary giveaway. You know what to do. Go to patreon.com slash grunge underscore Bible or find the links anywhere on our social media or on grungebible.com. Oh, man. It's going to be That's sweet. Great. I cannot wait to um, I cannot wait to the end of the month to be able to give, yeah. give some stuff away. It'll be fun. April 1st, April Fool's giveaway. That's kind yeah. of uh, It's not a joke, though. We're actually... It's not, we're it's, actually, yeah, it's it's not, not a joke. joke. <laughs> we will be giving items away. We promise. Physical we items be... that you can win. We promise. Everything oh. else that day will be a joke, but this... We're not fucking around. How funny would that be? If, like, gotcha. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We're not giving. We're not giving a damn thing away. <laughs> no, not 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 this time. Maybe maybe no. next year. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny, but yeah, oh, not Ethan, us. Not uh, this time. Not this time. No way. <laughs> not uh, this time. <laughs> should we get to it? So we're recording this on Monday, March seventh, and uh, Tuesday, March eighth, marks the twenty eighth anniversary of. Soundgarden's Super Unknown album, which came out on March 8th, 1994. And uh, we were sitting down approximately 25 minutes before recording this episode. And we realized that tomorrow's the birthday of Super Unknown. So what better way? This is this is Super Unknown week and we didn't even know it. <clears throat> I know. It, it's it's awesome. I mean, this is their, I believe their fifth studio album, right? Or their fifth I album. I believe so. And um, they came out the year of my birthday year, so 1994. Um, and it was a big year of releases, of course. I think there was, that oh, was all, right, right coming off of uh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam both released um, in '93 with '93, uh, yeah, in so utero right, and right verses. I mean, there was a whole lot going on. I always yeah. think of um, '91 and '94. There seemed to the calendar for, yeah. for grunge rock seemed to be particularly busy uh, in the best way possible, and, and certainly that continued here uh, with with Super Unknown. So uh, they went into the studio um, hot off of Lollapalooza. Uh, in uh in 93 and they they spent a few months in the studio uh taking some time away to tour actually with neil young and crazy horse um, but they recorded this album from june to september of 1993 on and off at the bad animals studio in seattle washington and um i have to say this record um i think for me bad motor finger is always going to be the top for me but i think when you look at Soundgarden and their progression uh as a band and what their sound was this fits perfectly between what they did with bad motor finger and what they were to do a few years later with down on the upside i i, I think it's a perfect 
stopping point on that road. And like, there's a lot on this album that sounds like it could have been on Bad Motor Finger, and there's a lot on it that, you know, a couple of years later when you learn what Down on the Upside was, it you're like, oh, that sounds like a Down on the Upside song. And it's just really, for me, it, it, it th- this album challenges me in a way that Bad Motor Finger doesn't, just in the terms of everything that's going on and the different sounds and the different time signatures and the different instruments and the different uh, utilization of vocal presentation. And it's really, it's really a special album. It's actually the, um, the first Soundgarden album that I owned myself. I, I have a mm. CD of this somewhere that I used to rip every time I would hit a road trip. I have this um, one specific memory of driving, I think, to Kansas City, Missouri or something. I listened to this incessantly on the trip, but yeah, super unknown. What, what, what do you think <clears throat> about this record? Yeah, I think, like you said, I mean, it, well, it's their fifth album, and I feel like it is, it is kind of a turning point. I think I've heard Chris talk about it, where like this is their, this was their people. They've been around for like you know almost ten years together as a band, but like yeah, know, I don't know. Um, and it was kind of an opportunity for them to try. They were in the light, and there was a lot of stuff going on with music. And I think he said that it, it was an opportunity for them to try some new things, and like people were listening because they were really big. You know what I mean? It's like they were already. Like they were on the radar, so it was, it, yeah. people responded really well, and they were able to kind of push the boundaries and do some different things. And I think it was really good. It was really good for them. I mean, some um, really great songs come off yeah. this album. Some of the most popular songs they have, obviously. Yeah, um, and that's a and, great point that you made. Um, by 1994, I mean Seattle was directly positioned under the microscope, yeah. and I mean exactly. any any sort of music that was coming out of the Pacific Northwest people were listening to because of the grunge craze that was occurring. And, and certainly this was a fantastic record. And I think anybody that had this uh, in their crosshairs were certainly not disappointed. So when they did release this album, it debuted at number one on the billboard 200. Yeah. And in 1994 alone, it went on to sell two and a half million copies. And uh, as we sit here today, it has sold over 9 million worldwide since it's released 28 years ago. Nine million copies. That's a that lot. Is... Like I'm sitting here. So our podcast right now is seventy five thousand downloads, and that feels like a Ever. fuck ton of yeah. That feels <laughs> like that, that feels like a large amount. So I can't quantify creating something. One having, piece of work that yeah. has that goes nine million. <laughs> exactly. Not not fifty two bullshit podcast episodes. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. I mean, it is it is just truly um, one of my favorites, and. Um, I mean, it starts off, you know, we can, we can pretty much go song by song. And I mean, there's no filler on this thing and it starts off with let me drown. And, and for me with, with let me drown, um, it just kind of feels like you have Matt Cameron and he's holding court, uh, the way that song starts with the drums. And, and it's interesting to me, the whole band this deep into their career as a band together, I know that, you know, they had changed, um, changed bassists a couple of times, but their ability to still be innovative and to try new things and to venture into different stylistic waters and to have it click right away is just super, super impressive. And I think that's, that's a one constant that I feel front to back on this record. Right after let me drown. Um, we go right into the, <laughs> some, some nice intro guitar by Kim Thiel coming in with my wave. Um, and just classic sound garden kind of lead guitar where it just kind of like comes yeah. in and, little space in between goes high high pitch uh you know high pitch 
I'm not good. I'm not wailing guitarist. on the guitar. Yeah, with Kim. I'm, yeah exactly. I'm thinking, I'm thinking drum turns. I'm trying to think of like the high, high that, tone. That's the thing, though, with with Kim's guitar and, and Chris his guitar parts. It's that distinct sound that is almost kind it's of difficult garden. to describe. You you don't know what 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 adjectives to use, but when you hear it, you know. And and that intro to My Wave is is great. And um, I mean, the lyrics top to bottom on this record are great. But My Wave has one of my favorites. Uh, you know, don't come over here and piss on my gate. Save it. Just keep it off my way. I mean, so people want to do you wrong sometimes. They're trying to come over and piss on your gate, but they've <laughs> sometimes they just got to save it, keep it off. So that's that's really what's going on there. But um, this is a good album for yeah. for lyrics. There's oh, yeah. a lot. There's there's a lot of a lot of good stuff. And and I forgot about that one. You mentioned that one before before the uh, the episode. And that is. That is a good, that is a great line. Yeah. And and speaking of the lyrics, I mean, when you go into the third song with Fell on Black Days, I mean, I don't know that there's a better commentary on human struggle within this genre. Maybe I think River of Deceit is a, is a, is a peer to this song, but um, whatever I've feared has come to light just when every day seemed to greet me with a smile, sunspots have faded, now I'm doing time. And I know we've spoken about this before, I think on the, the mental health episode, but it's really it's really eerie, especially looking back, knowing what we know about um, what what lay ahead for Chris Cornell, obviously, and, and the struggles that he endured in his life. But I mean, this song is just, I think, a masterclass in explaining um, human emotion and the dark side, I think, that everybody has in their brain that you hope doesn't cross over into the, the other parts of your life. And um, this is, I mean, yeah, this, this is it, a tough listen. Still. Yeah. And just the way it finishes. You know, the last, you know, how would I know that this could be my fate? And he kind of repeats that a few times. And it's just that it just finishes with Chris. And um, yeah, it's just a good, like, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking, like, I was thinking about how we were talking about Lanigan and how a few, yeah. like, his songs that have the instrumental, like, finishing. I feel like there's a lot of Cornell, like, where he finishes. And it, it feels similar to me, the way they kind of, like, end songs after, like, pretty heavy lyrics throughout and then they kind of uh i don't know something about either them playing music and then him singing like a, lo- a lasting note or something but yeah um they both have a, a way of kind of closing songs in a way in a i don't know in a beautiful beautiful way and, and yeah, this and one really gets it keeps keeps all the keeps the song going um, yeah and there's space for the lyrical subject matter to just kind of linger and and sink in a little bit and i, right. I definitely feel that at the end of this i mean because i mean verse after verse line after line in this song i mean they're just hitting you with with heavy heavy shit so you you kind of have to have something that kind of kind of fades out and it's always interesting for me the way artists and bands structure their albums i mean you have a song like that and then um then you roll into mailman which i i think ethan you're, you're a fan of the mailman aren't you i am yeah i think uh i i don't remember it like kind of happened, I think, through the pandemic where we started listening. Me and you like would send it back and forth more often because I feel like it's recently that I've been like really I hammered it out um, a lot. And for some reason, it's just such a it's such a I don't know. It's such a great just, you know, marching. Kind of, it's just a good song. It's just a good Soundgarden song. I'm headed for feels, the bottom. I'm headed for the bottom. Yeah. For all your kisses turned spit in my uh, in my face. And it's i don't know it, it it has it all for me for for whatever reason yeah. um i think maybe because i didn't listen to it a lot like early on it wasn't on the radio so like right. i kind of came into it a little bit later so yeah. it's still like it's it's just still really 
one of those songs that I just love yeah. getting behind. Looking up the live videos, I think I did oh fair, my share, gosh. fair share for this one. Yes. Um, and for me, Mailman sounds like the band that did Bad Motor Finger. Like if this yeah. song was on Bad Motor Finger, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think twice about it. I think it fits. And it's and it's crazy, like I was saying at the beginning, they just seem to kind of ping pong back and forth between the bad motor finger sound and the down on the upside sound on this record. Um, which obviously I guess when you put the two together, it's, it's the super unknown sound. Uh, and, um, I mean, what better example of that than the, the title track, which is next up, which is super unknown. Um, and this song, um, is, I mean, it's, it's just another great one. And that's the thing. I mean, this is, this is the fifth song and this is not a short record. This, this, this has 15 tracks on it and just song after song after song is in my opinion pretty top notch and i think with this one being the lyrical analyst or over analyst that i am i, I don't still don't really know what it's about i don't no. know what the super unknown is ask, but yeah i was gonna ask <laughs> first you. it steals your mind and then it steals your your soul man i mean that's just how Alive it goes in the super unknown <laughs> yeah i mean it's one of those perfect examples that i i couldn't define it but Ethan, when you're in the super unknown, when you're yeah. alive in it, you know. <laughs> when you're alive in the super unknown, uh, what do you think? Um, has he? Yeah, has he? Has he talked about the title, like, or the the album title at all? Have they? Um, like, I, and why they chose? I guess. Yeah, they, why they I'm, chose I'm actually pretty- not. I'm actually not sure. And I, I know at, at some points Chris was fairly uh, tight-lipped about the subject matter of a lot of his songs, and then other times he would. Uh, he would openly volunteer, but I'm I'm not sure about this one. But I kind of like it not knowing i kind of like with this one not knowing what it's about what the super unknown is about well and- you know i think what it comes down to is like you know first it steals your mind and then it steals your soul yeah that's <laughs> and that's just, exactly how the album that's how it goes first it steals really, your mind then it steals your soul there's really nothing else to say alive in the that. super unknown Absolutely. So uh, the next song on the record is Head Down, and uh, uh, the bassist Ben Shepard contributed the music for this one. And, and I think this one is overlooked a lot. And I think I feel this way a lot about what Soundgarden does, but I think in particular this song, the music and the guitar at the beginning is just kind of hypnotizing for me. Um, and it's just the way they do that and the way they recorded Chris's vocals for this one um, is just... Uh, it kind of gives you a little chill, in my opinion. And this was, you said this one that Ben Shepard wrote, was this his? Oh, he has ben one Shepard at the wrote end the of, music. Yeah. What did he, did he, I guess he wrote, I think it says here, he wrote well, the 14th track as well. He wrote half. And it's he actually, always, contri- yeah. It's always special when the bassists and, and they kind of come, come out with some, mm. or, you know, they have some lyrics and whatnot so i I, lo- I love it when the band allows all of the uh the band members, members to contribute the either the the lyrics or the or the music parts to it and i think on this album a lot of it was chris and kim together but yeah uh, they all have their contributions and in this one you get different sounds you get different um different styles because for better or for worse i think you create in the image of what your influences are and obviously i think everybody has unique influences or um different levels of ingredients for example so it's always really cool to see that shine through and i think that's exactly what happens with head down with uh with with ben bringing the music there and i think that because our next song because when you have songs like black hole sun you have room for uh the bassist to write a few songs because absolutely sold about three million of those records of the nine yeah. million yeah this song is i mean probably their most played song i mean it's the most played oh, song with, by, without, by them, without without a doubt. doubt 
that question. Mm-hmm. And um, this is quite a different, um, you know, this is kind of enters into the, um, as we, we've talked about the, the sound garden that is super trippy and kind of psychedelic. Like, yeah, exactly. Psych- yeah. Yes. The psychedelic side of the band and it, where it's not as it's heavy, but it's like, uh, it's a different type of heavy. It's, it's more like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, uh, ah, what is the word I'm looking for? Cause it is, it exactly is still heavy. Mean, it's still, and I don't know if that's just cause it's Cornell, the way he sings and the way he kind of like, yeah. It kind of like it kind of like it's, it's kind of like falls down like black hole sun. Just kind of like yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like spacey almost in a way. It's this psychedelic spacey kind of just trippy thing. And obviously, I think my my perspective of it is uh, um, subconsciously influenced by the music video. Obviously, yeah. which we definitely is, talked about this. <laughs> we've on... definitely spoken about the music video. But that's that's what that's what happens when you have say moments and you know interactions with certain you know, videos and songs but that's all you can think about when you hear it and and it's like that beginning the first time we saw it we, I, I, we've talked about this me and you um in the pittsburgh training hall yeah if, at 6 a.m we were watching the the just music tired, video <laughs> just completely exhausted and then yeah. this thing comes on and it's just like whoa <laughs> <laughs> it's trippy we don't know what's going on and of course like yeah you want to you want to try to explain it and try to understand the music video and um this song is i think my favorite um or it's sorry my favorite is it is when it is done acoustic i really do love all yeah. of chris's um versions of this totally. acoustic it's it's really special um yeah i yeah i just i think it's i think it's best done acoustic in my mind yeah, it, 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 I, I, I certainly I would agree with you for live performance, but for me that that studio performance of it is just so captivating, and the way they were able to get the instruments to sound and it just makes it so trippy and so unique. I mean, I don't really think there's anything out there, um, or even anything within Soundgarden's discography that sounds like it. And uh, kind of talking about ping ponging back and forth between those styles, then you move on to Limo Rec, which for me. Once again, it sounds like something that could have been off of Bad Motor Finger. And I, I think this lyric um, or, or the lyrics in this song are, are just an ultimate, um, you know, one day you'll see kind of thing. And, and, and I think um, one, of, one of the lyrics in here um, is just absolutely fantastic. It's when the whole thing blows away, I won't pretend, um, you know, it's just it's heavy, heavy shit, man. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Did we uh did we skip a did we skip a song at number eight? Oh fuck! We I was gonna say Spoon I was, Man. I was all ready for Spoon Man. Kick <laughs> me off the <laughs> island. Let's move. Excuse me. I guess I was excited talking about the limo wreck and the bitterness. I mean, limo wreck is in great. Life. Obviously, I was wow. kind of I was kind of thrown off though because I was ready to I was ready to talk about artist Spoon Man. <laughs> Artiste the Spoon Man. Well, let's get to it. Let's let's backtrack here because obviously this is Spoon an Man. I mean, that was song. the first single from this album. Oh yeah. Yep. First and one. I um I've, I've I've looked up obviously looked up the Spoon Man and and seen the Spoon Man and heard the notable and street performer from Artiste, Seattle yes and and he's opened for them on stage a few times and mm-hmm. and I love I, I've heard I heard Chris in an interview say like you know a lot of people they can talk about you know love and breakup and politics rock and roll abortion you know named all, all the stuff he's like but I find it much more interesting to write about you know, people like the spoon man, he's like, it's so much more, it's so much more entertaining to me to write about, uh, like the novelties of life and the beautiful, you know, the beautiful yeah. art, like this guy's just hitting himself with a spatula. And, um, 
this song is a absolute masterpiece when it comes to like musicianship. There's uh, oh there's such so many parts and so many pieces that when you listen to it, you kind of miss at first. Um, but then if you have time to break it down and um, there's some really there's some really sick uh, yeah. sick stuff this, going on. This is one of those songs that you have to listen to a few times, and each time you can pick out one or two things to listen to and just isolate. And yeah. um, it's like those kinda... it's like those videos. Like each time, watch something, watch someone different, and you get mm-hmm. it. It's like the same thing. Each time you listen to it, you listen with a different um, instrument in mind or a different part. Yeah. So a uh, uh, fun fact about the Spoon Man, uh, the song is uh, there. There, there's the uh, um, the origin story to to the song. So back in uh, 1992, um, uh, the singles movie came out, and Spoon Man was uh, originally written for the soundtrack of this movie. So at the time, um, Pearl Jam's Jeff Amon was tasked with uh, creating the fictional band name in the movie, which ended up obviously coming out as the Great Citizen Dick. And uh, <laughs> apparently, at the time, one of the one of the working titles that he had come up with, either for the band or for the song, I can't quite remember, um, was Spoon Man. So Chris Cornell had seen this, and he challenged himself to write a song that was titled spoon man just because he had seen that on Jeff's list. And, uh, he certainly, um, he did not disappoint. I think, um, this is one of those other ones that's up there. I think with black hole son of just being very uniquely sound garden. And, um, it's just, yeah, I think of Kim's solo in there too. It's just kind of piercing and it stops and starts a couple times before he just rails into it with, with Chris giving that high, high shriek. I mean his his lyrics his lyric uh, his his vocal delivery I think on this record and and on Spoonman is just it's so good it's so yeah. good and it's got that echoey part um, here and there in the song and it's just uh, it's undefeated it's it is, is Soundgarden yeah it is Soundgarden it is undefeated so we um <laughs> I guess I'm uh, I'm pulling myself out of the limo wreck I'm dusting myself <laughs> off since we already we already spoke about that one so that brings us to the day I tried to live and and this is far and away one of my favorite Soundgarden songs once again uh being the lyric obsessor that I am I mean this one's just a home run and this is another one that is when you listen to Chris's vocals it's just kind of doesn't make sense that a human being could deliver something like that. And even live for most of his life, he was still able to still able to deliver this one in a way that would just blow you away, which was really, really impressive because I mean, I, I don't think with all the training in the world, I could come close to being able to deliver something like this, but it's just got that descending guitar riff from Kim at the beginning and throughout the entire song. Um, you know, Matt's Matt's drumming and Ben's bass fits in so perfectly. And the lyrics are just these lyrics. I, I think sometimes when I'm not uh, not in the happiest or greatest of moods, I mean, they, they can they can fuck you up. I mean, words you say never seem to live up to the ones inside your head and the lives we make never seem to ever get us anywhere but dead. Um, I mean, come on. But w- the one thing about it is is the uh, the repeated line at the end one more time around. So. So you keep you keep trying, you keep it you keep attempting, and uh, mm-hmm. this is like some weird resiliency within all of the struggle. Yeah, one more time around. Um, I the, yeah, the day I tried to live just like you. Um, it is it is a pretty heavy song. It's it's this also has one of our other um, of our other favorite lyrics that we like to say to each other when we find out that we're wrong, um, and it says, "I learned that I was a liar." 
and um, just like you, <laughs> just like you. And you know, that, that is so important because I think there's a lot of times in life where uh, you may believe something, but then all of a sudden you're either corrected or, you know, you change and you realize that, you know, I, I'm a liar. You know, I was a liar for for a long time. <laughs> but and everybody is. Because I'm just is. like you in that regard. See, I think we we One all have something around. in common. Yeah. <laughs> we all have something in common. Um, yeah, that's that's always been a favorite of ours. I can think of many times within our, our friendship that we've, that we've shared. <laughs> I guess I'm a liar, just like you. Just like it's you. It's so funny. Like, you take a song like this that's so heavy and has such a dark meaning. And... I almost sometimes feel guilty attributing such lightness to it in terms of conversation. I mean, it's the same thing that we've done with Wood, which was written about Andrew Wood and most certainly about drug addiction and, and darkness and things like that. And it's become a, a lighthearted moniker that you and I text to one another at the beginning of oh, a yeah. work week or something. But I kind of feel bad when I do that. But also at the same time, I think that there's the understanding that when art is put out into the world it is up to the uh the interpreter or, or the and the uh viewer of that art or the listener in this case to take it and apply it to themselves in which way that they choose so i i certainly uh you know maybe i'm a liar about that too though <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um okay so the next song is kickstand yeah, you're gonna I mean, you're gonna have to keep me on track here. Since I was gonna say, I'm, I was I'll, just I'll probably say, jump we... back to louder than love for for the next song and just fuck <laughs> go right the fresh tendrils. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's the main attraction. We're all waiting for that. Yeah, one. we're so, just go oh, ahead, man. go ahead. So, kick, so, so kickstand. Um, that was the first song that they recorded uh, for this album, and for me, this feels just like no attention on down on the upside. It's just super super hard driving. It's got a lot of forward momentum. And I think any time Soundgarden did that, it's just always impressive for me what Matt Cam uh, what Matt Cameron was able to do on the drums because he was able to play so fast with such motion, but also so heavily. Um, which once again, I never understand why the Pearl Jam fans shit on Matt Cameron because they say he doesn't play like Dave. All they got to do is listen listen back to him back around here, and I mean he was a masher and he still is. Um, and, and and this is one. Um, it's, you know, it's the great song for the second half of a record. I mean, this is well, just, and like you said, it's a great pick me up after, uh, yeah, the, the uh, the day I tried to live. I mean, yeah. and after, Limerick, like, I mean, those are both slow, heavy shit songs. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it's all, uh, yeah, it's just about getting back, getting back. Yeah. Getting back after being, being depressed. It's like a really upbeat yeah. and, um, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, the kickstand it holds you up. It holds up the second half of the album, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it certainly does. So now we've we've arrived at the moment that we've been waiting for, and that is uh, mm. that is the mighty the mighty fresh tendrils. Ethan, do you <laughs> do you have your do you have any thoughts about this one? Because this is one that I honestly overlook a lot. Because for me, it's kind of like um after all of the heaviness in the middle of this record with you know Black Hole Sun, Limo Rec, Day I Try to Live. I think for kickstand and fresh tendrils, when I'm doing a front to back for this thing, um, I just right where use, you lose it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a cigarette break. You just kind of need to you need to step outside for a little bit and regroup because yeah. obviously the there's band's, some pretty heavy stuff coming down the pipe. That's right. The band's still playing and they play these two songs while you're going through two cigarettes because you need a break and you gotta step out. So you hear it. It's back there. Yeah. But um, no, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Because um, for me, it's always been with with kickstand and fresh tendrils. It's just like 
the back half of the album, good music, but not something that has ever really connected with me in a deep way. Yeah. Um, probably because I think, in my, like I said, in my front to back listening sessions, I, I don't know that I've given those songs their proper due, but it's, right. it's so hard to divvy up your attention because like I was saying, I mean, some of these, the two of these last three songs for me are all timers for Soundgarden. And, and right. I think um, the first one, which is the next track up here is 4th of July. And I still stand by the fact that if I had to show a human being who didn't know Soundgarden, if I had to share them one thing that would just leave them speechless, I would, I would, I would give them the Fourth of July. Um, yeah, this is like your your top song, right? Yeah, I think I it, it's it's Which certainly makes top sense. two. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, this, this is, is zero this is... chance from Down on the Upside are my my two favorites, and I know I've said this before, but this one it just feels like a march through hell. That's what this song yeah. is to me. It's yeah. so heavy. <clears throat> It is, it is uh, just a masterpiece of a song. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, love the, I love the way you put it as a march through hell. It's, it's got this like twisting and like kind of, uh, you know. Sinister almost. Kind of, yeah, it's sinister and like intertwined like vine, vine type of, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know how you can get much more apocalyptic than quote down in the hole jesus tries to crack a smile beneath another shovel load yeah i mean that is that that might be my favorite chris cornell lyric of all time and the funniest thing or the most interesting thing this song was written about an acid trip that chris cornell had um that happened i think to be around the fourth of july um but it's it's crazy how people can have experiences and divulge something out of those experiences that you would have no idea that that's what that's from but this song for me i mean i don't know if kim thyle could detune his guitar any more than he did to play this one and how heavy and how loud and sludgy and just sloppy it is but it, oh it's 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 such a fantastic song and it's really um always going to be one of my favorites i always look forward to this one when i when i listen which like i said is why sometimes i'm a bad boy and i check out <laughs> for, for a yeah, couple of these you songs skip, you skip to get to fourth of july do you uh exactly. when the date fourth of july comes around do you listen to it on the i do i do listen yeah. to this one i don't listen to uh, a lot a lot a lot of people in the united states will listen to all the patriotic lee greenwood <laughs> bullshit i i Not say fuck all that fuck all that stuff i'm going to Soundgarden fourth of july <laughs> I don't give a shit about the proud to be an American song or any of that stuff. Give give me give me Kim Thyle just bringing it to just, me. That's that's all I need doom, to celebrate yeah. my holiday. That's my, oh my that's my Independence Day. That's amazing, as it should be. As 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 grunge Bible owner, uh, we listen <laughs> grunge at every holiday. <laughs> exactly. We're gonna we're gonna amend the Constitution for that. So we have two songs left on this record. Um, the fourteenth and second to last song is called Half. Um, and this one is the only one on the record and it might be the only one period or the only one that I'm aware of that Ben Shepard contributes a significant, uh, vocal performance right. to. And I'm not the biggest fan of this song. Um, it sounds super different. I think there's a sitar in it. There's some weird <laughs> stuff going on. Um, but I love it when bands do this stuff. I, it's like on no code when, when, uh, when Stone Gossard gets to sing on Mankind, I, I love it when oh, they yeah. when they let's, when they let people do things in sing. the band that they are not particularly uh, or not most frequently accustomed to doing, and, and I think it's great that they put this on the album. 
And like I said, it's just, it just sounds so different. There's a lot of different instrumentation stuff going on and it's, it's echoey. It's kind of, um, I don't know. It's, it's just a strange composition, but, um, like I said, I really appreciate it when bands challenge I mean, you it's only, to listen to strange things. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's only, you know, two minutes and like yeah, it's 15, so short. It's, it's like two minutes long and it's put yeah. between 4th of July and then their final song, like Suicide. So yeah. I think that, I think it just gives you that cigarette break you need before going into the last song. After 4th yeah. of July, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's at a good place. I mean, it, it fits, it fits, but it's yeah. not what people are uh, buy the album for probably. Yeah. Yeah, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah, and and I think with this album, the the two the two bookends to this album are are just great. I think "Let Me Drown" is the perfect intro to the record and what's to come. And I think "Like Suicide" is is a great great outro. And the backstory to this one is is um, probably not what people would expect, um, and certainly not what a lot of people I think associate with this song today, given. Um, uh, Chris Cornell's passing in 2017, but the story behind this one is is Chris Cornell wrote this um, about an experience that he had while he was recording, and uh, he was in a building, and a robin flew into the window. Um, yeah, a crow or something. Uh, yeah, flew into the window and broke its neck, and um, Chris Cornell saw that this robin was just laying on the ground, dying slowly because it had a broken neck, and he found a brick. And uh, he gave this Robin the uh, the the coup de gras to put it out of its misery, and and there's some allusions um, and some references to that. Um, I believe there's uh, they they reference the brick and and birds and flying and everything in this song, and um, you know she lived like a murder, but she died so sweetly, just like mm-hmm. suicide. Um, and for me, I it's the sound of this song and the music is just um, it's kind of jarring, I think, and. I think it's hard for me to separate this song, as I was saying, it's hard for me to separate it, um, certainly knowing what I know about um, how Chris Cornell passed away and everything. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think it makes it a lot more difficult to listen to, and, and I think I approach it differently now than when I did uh, when Chris Cornell was still with us. But, I mean, it's just another fantastic song, and I think, once again, it's kind of one of those songs that it, they give you some time to just let it linger uh, in the mm-hmm. outro and as things close down and it's much needed certainly after this song, but obviously after the preceding 14 songs, I mean, this, this whole album is just, um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to put into words how complete it feels and how, um, just how perfect it is in a way it serves its purpose perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a, this is a, a beautiful last song in my opinion i think that i think it really is it it is tough to um listen and read the lyrics and think about it all now um there's a couple years past uh passing of of chris um but man it is uh this is like this is a this is probably one of the better songs on the album for me yeah um and you, you said it was in your was you say it was in your top 5 it's, it? it's 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 certainly up there, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a great finish. It's a great conclusion to um, what makes this a, a kind of a it's just a killer album. Uh, yeah, there is shoot probably like you know seven or eight songs that you that you go directly to listen like when people you know or when you want to show people Soundgarden like you said. Yeah. Um. So we have quite the. Uh, 
quite the body of work here in these was this 15 songs or something like that um yeah 15 songs and um yeah it, it's interesting for me because i think for the majority or at least the beginning of my um my experiences as a Soundgarden fan, this was my favorite Soundgarden album. And then it wasn't until later that Bad Motor Finger right. um, supplanted it. But I think the variety on this one is hard to beat. Um, I, I think they went into Down on the Upside a couple of years later with the expectation and the purpose of making it experimental. But with this, it was just kind of, I think, the perfect intertwining of what they knew they did well with where they wanted to go even if i'm not sure if they knew that's where they wanted to go for the next record um and it just it's so perfect it 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 doesn't feel like there was an agenda to make it sound the way that it did but it just it just ended up that way and i think it's like a happy accident almost but man is this that's a good point yeah yeah and and for me like i say bad motor finger i think is my favorite still but it's it's one in one a with yeah bad motor finger and super just depends on what you know when you get asked the question you just have a tendency to say you have a tendency to be in a more bad motor finger yeah. mood more often the, leader, but, the leaderboards always fluctuating yeah. there's, there's songs and albums always moving up and down the list but if you had to pick a favorite from uh from super unknown is is there one that stands out for you um even if it's just today like this is the one that is yeah it's my favorite today uh i i do i do really like spoon man um and mailman <laughs> which is mm-hmm. funny um <laughs> And then, of course, uh, I do. The day I try to live is is yeah. probably the top three. I mean, I don't know. Fourth of July could also be there, but I'd say those three. Um, how about you? Yeah, I, I think um, out of principle, because I've uh, I've explicitly said this before. I have to say it's Fourth of July, but um, you know, Fourth Fourth of July, like suicide. The day I try to live, I think, are my top three on this one. They're all they're all up there together, um, and and I think. Um, that's not really ever going to change. Um, they're just, it's just it's hard, hard, hard to beat those songs, but what a, what a great what a album. Fantastic album. Yeah. yeah. This is, this it's is turning 28 this week. It turned 28, uh, on March the 8th. So getting older. <laughs> 9 million. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder when they'll eclipse 10 because obviously it, it'll, yeah. it'll happen eventually. Just, yeah, it's a mathematical certainty. Yeah. Yeah. So that was super unknown by Soundgarden. Um, that was a pleasure. Uh, and then we're going to move into our song of the week. We both have obviously been building this playlist for 51 weeks of our songs. Um, have a few, few multiple, a lot of, a lot of diverse bands on there. A few last week we had our first double feature. We both picked the same song without knowing it. Yep. Had a uh, multiple entries from a few bands. So every week is a, a new thing. So, um, Chris, what is your song yes. of the week? What have you been listening to? What have you getting down with recently? Yeah, so my I, I don't know if that I would cat, uh, characterize it as getting down with the, uh, this song or this artist necessarily because I think the uh, headspace that I'm listening to this musician in is certainly a little different. Uh, and um, yeah, man, ever since uh, we got the news that Mark Lanigan passed away, I've been on a nonstop Mark Lanigan music listening binge. Um, all of his stuff. Um, in fact, I've actually I've started, uh, and I'm about halfway through rereading uh, his memoir, "Sing Backwards and Weep." I was on the plane uh, this past weekend, so I had a lot of time to listen and to read. And um, there's 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 one song that he has. Um, so in in his post trees career, he he worked um, just nonstop, and um, he did release um, this one album in 2003, and it's got a song on it. 
uh, and it's called Out on the Steps of the Cathedral, and that's my song of the week. Um, I, I have been aware of it for, for, for a while now at this point. Um, it's, it's been one of my favorites for him. It's kind of this weird, like spoken word track, um, with just this really, really loud abrasive guitar that kind of almost overshadows the lyrics, but, um, it's really, really just, um, just kind of like an eerie song, just kind of spoken word. And, and a couple of the first things that he, um, that you can hear him say at the beginning is I'm so sorry. There's nothing I can do. I've got the whole world in my hands and um i don't know it's just um i mean his uh, any of mark lanigan's songs could have been uh my song of the week this week because i've i think i've listened to all of them <laughs> this past past couple yeah. of weeks but yeah it's still uh yeah I, I think i think this one's gonna this uh this loss is is definitely gonna linger uh in my consciousness for a while um as it has the last couple of weeks uh because i mean he was just really really special and um, his music was certainly of, of great importance to me. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tap down my song of the week as out on the steps of the cathedral from the 2003 album. Here comes that weird chill methamphetamine blues extras and oddities. Damn. Yeah. I was just looking for it. And I, I, I kept, couldn't find it at first, yeah. but oh, it's, I'm it's, excited. it's in the back. It's in there, but yeah. uh, you, you got to dig a little bit. That's the out best on the part. steps of the cathedral. Yeah. He had so much music and he created with so many different people and so many different styles that a lot of his stuff is pretty hard to find. Um, but it makes it, it makes it that much better when you do find it. And it just, um, it's, yeah. I'm still in the, I'm still in the area where, um, I'm still finding more, more things. Um, that I can't created. wait. Definitely going to listen to that one after this. Cause I have not heard that. Obviously. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so my song is, a little different, but it's everything you want by Vertical Horizon. Oh, and, I know this one. Yeah, and I um, I I just been listening to the so like one of my favorite playlists is like '90s hits of the hits of the summer '90s edition or whatever yep. or summer hits Cla- of the that's '90s. A, that, that's a classic. We would feel good genre. Yeah. playlist type. Yeah, and we would um. We would listen to it a lot, actually, in Pittsburgh with our other teammate, and so it had all the, you know, the, like the lit, and uh, my own worst enemy, and all, you know, all mm-hmm. those like, you know, Bowling for Soup, but yeah, stuff like that. And um, this is one Jimmy of those like vert- Vertical Horizon. I, I don't know much of, I don't know much of their other music, but this yeah, song this is, is the just, only one that I know. Yeah, is so good, and like, you know, the lyrics are 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 really fun too. Like, you know, you say exactly what. Oh fuck! I'm gonna mess it up a lot. <laughs> I did. I am so bad. Uh, this is the people can hear this too. I am like yeah. one of the worst as far as like lyrics and being. I can listen to a song a million times, and I fuck up the lyrics. Like I, I can. Our brains work exactly yeah. opposite in that <laughs> yes. regard. I'll like, listen to it uh, once and I'll know it. <laughs> like well, let's, yes, exactly. Like it is so. Oh my gosh! It makes me so fucking mad that I, I, I like get shit uh lyrics wrong after this i can't sing at concerts well it doesn't it doesn't matter how long i've been listening to these bands i mess it up and it's so frustrating <laughs> when i'm like <laughs> such a big fan and i look like i don't know the lyrics because i don't because i can't but i know them but i don't know them and yeah, oh, yeah. we are absolutely different so anyway back to the song he says he's everything you want he's everything you need um he's everything inside of you that you wish you could be and and then it goes and like flips it like 
to where it's everything you want and it's like the opposite in a relationship. Dichotomies. Yeah. yeah. And Different it, sides and it's, of the coin. You know, say all the right things at exactly the right time, but you don't mean anything to them. Um, and I just, it's just a good melody. It's a good, like, yeah, great uh, hook. Yeah. Like, it's just a really kind of peaceful and, you know, you just kind of find yourself humming it and thinking about, like, it's just like timing. It talks about, you know, it's like timing how, you know, you could be everything for somebody, but they don't notice you. And then, but at the same time, like, you're every, everything for somebody, but you don't notice them. And it's just, yeah. it's just timing and, and the situation. The world's a funny place. Yeah. yeah. Gets you thinking. So that's a great song. It's such a, it's such a fun song to me. And uh, yeah. that's what I've been into recently. I'm just trying to get the fun songs. I think that uh, temperature's um, warming up. Yeah, we're gonna be temp- heading outside. Uh, we're going to be sure, getting I'm sure a beer we'll be listening this to some of that this weekend. I'm I'm excited for that. Um, I'm already thinking of things to add to the playlist for the hang this weekend. Uh, I'm pretty. I already got a few spots spots lined up. We're gonna we're definitely gonna yeah, go and man. check out the local venue. I mean, I was thinking about dude. There's probably I was I was thinking about popping like trying to buy some cheap tickets to a show on Saturday night, but I don't know what we're getting into, so I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see we'll, what the deal we'll is. But yeah, man, I'm. I'm I'm really excited to see you and um, kind of getting together, uh, getting together with some friends reminds me of uh, something that I shared with you today that I, I, I definitely I want to share on the uh, on the podcast. So um, uh, in the local paper of Mark Lanigan's hometown, they posted his obituary uh, in Ellensburg, Washington, uh, when he passed away. And, and, and the last entry into his obituary uh, was the following. And it said to remember, Mark, do something that you love that brings you joy. Talk to an old friend. Walk your dogs and hug them. Throw a baseball. So I, I think it's always a good reminder. Um, and, and it's definitely reading that today. I was certainly excited to come down this weekend to uh, spend some time with you, uh, a, a longtime old friend of mine. But um, it, it definitely kind of frames it in a uh, more of a special way because those opportunities, they're never really guaranteed and you never know. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, when you send, when you send that to me, you know what it made me think of? When you visited Kentucky and we went to the, we went to the old diamond, uh, by the, close to my house <laughs> yes. and we were throwing baseball and we were Played doing baseball like, together. we were like trying to throw people out and like, yep. <laughs> it was just me, you know, we had to <laughs> visualize the rest of the team because it was just me and you, but Hey, you couldn't see him, but they were out there. Oh <laughs> they yeah. They always are. They're always out there. Ethan. Down big in the ninth inning and trying to mount a comeback and it was yeah. just me and Chris. Hey, we, we got the win. We always do. Yeah, that was good times. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great weekend. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, if you guys are still listening, thank you very much. Um, take this weekend to do something like that. Um, talk to people and and yeah, throw a baseball, have some fun, listen to good music, and uh, have good conversations because that's what we'll be doing. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's fill one another's cups all the way up if we can, and um, that'll put a lid on episode fifty one of the Grunge Bible Podcast. We'll be back next week for the Big Five Two, which means we will have made it a whole goddamn year. And Chris, hold on. Let me just, I guess and, I, I want to make, I just want to make sure. Yeah. So this will, this, this one's going to come out on the 11th and the next week it is not going to come out on the 18th, but it's going to come out on the 21st. That's true. We're moving to so, Mondays. I, so, yeah. so this is our last Friday release, Chris. Wow. <laughs> this is the last Friday. <laughs> Forever. Holy it's, already, shit. it's already here. This it's is over. the last We're time that we did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it, Ethan. Ethan, Ethan, I'm proud of you. Good job. I'm proud of you, Chris. I really am. And uh, Drew, great. shout out to Drew McFadden. We yeah, shout out. out to Drew McFadden. We hate him, but he does a good job, so we keep <laughs> him around. <laughs> no, I'm just well, kidding. Yep. He called me while we were recording this, of course. 
Oh shit. But it's all coming together. Yeah, man. Last thanks Friday release. Everybody. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for all of your attention on Fridays or whenever the hell you're listening to this. And uh, we look forward to now catching up with you on Mondays as Woo! we go into the flood together. What better way? What better way? Oh, <laughs> All All right, right, everybody, take care of yourselves. Rock and roll. Yep, stay heavy, everyone. Stay heavy. click right away is just super super impressive and i think that's that's a one constant that i feel front to back on this record yeah i mean sorry i uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh I, I i blanked right there okay yeah do you want to do you want to go song by song or how do you want to bounce around I, like, I, I have i have things to say song by song if you if you want to um yeah i don't have i don't have there's a few songs that i i mean i don't have a ton to do you, say do you have sure. do you have the uh do you have like the track list in front of you yeah okay yeah. so i can i can lead in and then if you have it if you have something to say about it you can say what you have to say and if not you just you could just bounce it to the next track yeah does that sound okay. good because like yeah. I, I mean i don't have much to say about like fresh tendrils or something <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Except that Mac, I guess Matt Cameron wrote it. Was that his? I don't know, but I, I just said, uh, yeah, it's the perfect second half song. Um, <laughs> so, so, the perfect well, second the pro- half. The problem is, is like, I'm, I'm pretty excited to talk about like t- 10 of these songs. So I don't yes. really want to say fuck you to the other five. Yeah, you're right. I guess you kind of got to like mention. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we're good. At, we're real good at that. Yeah. So. All right, Drew, that's got to get cut. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, I'm not even sure what... Uh, I haven't listened to... Yeah, all right. Next one. Yeah. All right. So I, I just said that shit about Let Me Drop with Matt and...